0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. It is so good to see you. After a week like ours, we need some time like this, don't we? Yeah, good. All right. Two people said amen. That's great. Hey, I don't think it's any coincidence that last week uh, we started a series on the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't think it's a coincidence that when I shared with you last week that God had given me a word in my soul for 2021, not that I seek a word out every year, a word for the year, but there was a word that came in my soul for me, and I believe I could share it with you. It's for all of us. It's the word confident. I will remain confident in this. Psalm 27 says, that I will see the goodness of the Lord. So as we move into this message today and with the events of this last uh, week, I I wanted to just talk a little bit about the years we've lived in. I mean, you think about just the other day was three years, uh, the anniversary of the Montecito mudslides and the tragedies that were there. You think about uh, some of the fires we've had in this county. You you think about some of the tragedies we've had in our own community. And most of us are old enough to remember 9-11 and the tragedy there. And when you think about the events of this week and the images of those that violated our nation's Capitol buildings, uh, the injuries there, the mayhem, even deaths, uh, I was moved with compassion and brought quickly to Matthew 9 Uh, 35 to 38, and it was Jesus. Somebody sent me a text and said, what is God doing? What is God doing? As though God could stop people in their tracks. What is God doing? And here's what I said to them, that God is weeping. And how do I know this? Because Matthew 9, 35, 38 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages Teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Uh, This word compassion is not just he felt sorry for them, it means in the utter depths of his being, he was deeply moved. Some scholars believe he actually was crying and weeping. As we know, when he went to see Lazarus, Lazarus, who had died, his dear friend, It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. So Jesus is a weeper. He cries. He's moved with compassion. And why is he moved with compassion? Because he saw them harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And the images of this last week remind us that there are people in our world that are sheep but have no guidance. If you allow your flesh to guide you, you know exactly where you're going to end up. If you allow your go with the gut to always guide you, you know exactly where you'll end up. But we are people called sheep in the Bible. Over 200 times we're called sheep. And here's what I know about sheep. They live best and they become most when they're allowed to follow a shepherd, a good shepherd. And his name is Jesus. John 10 talks about that. So as I read this passage, Jesus was moved. He wept over sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples who heard him, share of his compassion. The harvest is plentiful, but uh, does anybody know? But the workers, the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. So, when we see events like this week, when we know of friends and coworkers or family members who are far from God, we too must be moved with compassion. But we need to be careful because what is happening around you does not need to change what's inside you. What's happening around you, we can be moved deeply by it, but it shouldn't change who we are as followers of Christ. And so as we look at this passage here in Matthew, we understand that Jesus gives us an assignment. It's not enough to say, that's sad, woe to them, oh boy, I would have never done that. But we must be moved in such a way that we become workers in the harvest field. And what is the harvest? It's the harvest of souls. Well, we're not afraid to tell our friends and our neighbors about Jesus Christ, When I read this word harassed, I I looked it up. He saw them harassed. It comes from the verb meaning to trouble or distress or to plunder or to vex. The perfect tense talks about a habitual condition that people are caught in. They are thrown down. They are cast down. They are not who they could become. They're living below what God intended for them. To live in and where he wanted them to be. And it's our assignment to make sure we go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We must truly follow God our shepherd and we must lead others to following the good shepherd. Jesus says it and he says it today. The harvest is plentiful. There are people who are desperate to know who God is. If you look at the searches that have been done on Google or Bing or some of the other search engines, you will find out that some of the top searches are, is there a God? Think about this. Is there a God? How do we pray? Can God be found? Does God care? And these are coming from all over the world where people are actually asking the internet, can you help me find God? Well, those of you that know him and walk with him, guess what? You have him. Isn't that good news? You have him. But the rest of the world is desperate to find him and to know him. And Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. And so he asks us to pray. Pray for workers for the harvest. Pray that someone will go in the harvest. And this is what I believe. Jesus is using, catch this now, spiritual psychology on us. Because if you pray for someone to go to the harvest field for labor, God, God, someone needs to go and help them. Lord, send so, send someone. If you pray long enough, you'll become a laborer. If you pray long enough for your neighbors to find Christ, if you pray long enough for your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren to find Christ, if you pray long enough for the leaders of our city and our county to find Christ, you'll become a laborer who will bring them to Christ. And so I challenge you to pray, but I challenge you to go because we have this beautiful confidence in the good shepherd. Let me read to you again, as I did last week, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. If you need restoring, you've come to the right place. Because the shepherd, the good shepherd that we're confident in, is able to restore us. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Nearly for 3,000 years, people have been singing and praying and using this psalm to touch their lives. But I love what David says. This is so great. He says, and it's really the first point of the message, that this is my shepherd, my shepherd. I'm confident that he is with me. As I quoted earlier, Psalms 27, 13, 14, let me read it to you. I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not just goodness when we're through with life, but goodness all through life as we follow the good shepherd. And he says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. In other words, don't you dare get ahead of God. And don't you dare try to lead yourself. So here's the question. Is God... My shepherd, your shepherd. Because if he is, then you'll lack nothing. I love what the the, the shepherd shows us a couple things in this psalm. The first one is his provision. And where God provides, that results in our contentment. I shall not want, I don't want any other shepherd. And whatever he provides for me causes me to be a person that's content. And the second thing is his guidance. And his guidance results in our trust. You see, God cares for me, and he gives me what I need, not always what I want. I prayed for things that God didn't give me, and sometimes I prayed for things that I'm so glad God didn't answer my prayer my way. It would have ruined me. But God cares for us and gives us exactly what we need, and so the imagery goes from him leading us to bringing us to a place of feasting. He goes from shepherd almost to host. Where he says, You come to this table that I prepared before you in the presence of your enemies. Catch this now. It means the war is still going on, life still is filled with all kinds of turmoil and difficulty. But in the presence of our enemy, God prepares for us a place to be refreshed at his table. And while we're there, he comes and fills our cup to overflowing and he anoints our head with oil, which is a sign of the Holy Spirit that he puts upon us when we spend time with God. Isn't it interesting that Revelation 3.20, Jesus is talking to the church and he says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would open that door, I would come in and I would have supper with them. In other words, I will sit at a table with them I'll sit across from them, just like you're sharing a meal with a dear friend or family member. I'm going to share a meal with you. And even though the world is still churning, you're going to have a moment of respite. I'm going to refresh your soul. And that's why he says in this passage, he restores my soul. If you're scared, he provides comfort. If you're lost, he provides guidance. And if you're wondering if the world is coming to an end, boy, have I received emails and text messages asking me, Uh, pastor, just between us, is the world coming to an end? And my answer is this. It's closer to an end today than it was yesterday. Is that safe? It's safe. Somebody says, well, prophetically, it seems like this is the end times. Yep. And when Paul the apostle was here, he said, Maranatha, the Lord is coming. The Lord's coming quickly. Could he come today? Absolutely. Could he come tomorrow? Absolutely. What do we do in the meantime? We let him be our shepherd. We follow his word, we follow his spirit, and we go out and labor in the harvest field. If you're feeling like the end of the world is coming, well, God has purpose for you and hope for you because he is with us. Psalm 23, verse 3, he refreshes my soul in the NIV. Now, it's interesting to note that he guides me along the right paths, verse 3 and 4, For his name's sake, and even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not fear any evil, for you are with me, God. Your rod and staff, they comfort me, God. You lead me down the right path. So we say that he guides us. He guides us. Now, you have to understand this, that if sheep are left to themselves, we said it last week that sheep are dumb. Do you remember that? Sheep are dumb. If we're left to our own wandering and we go astray and we get lost, we don't find a meal, we become a meal. Let me say it again. We don't find a meal, we become a meal. When sheep go out on their own, they have a problem. You see, sheep don't have sharp teeth or fangs. They don't have horns. They are just, excuse my language, dumb prey for all predators. And of all analogies, why would the Lord use sheep for us over 200 times in the Scriptures? Because He wants us to know how vulnerable we are, how lost we can become. How disconnected from God we can become. And like a sheep that would meander would, would away from the shepherd and find a tuft of grass here and go, ooh, that's tasty, and then move to the next tuft of grass and the next tuft of grass. And before you know it, they are hundreds of yards away from the good shepherd. And here comes coyotes, lions, foxes, other animals of prey. And here comes the sheep. Oh, the grass is tasty. And the shepherd says, look out, come back. Oh no, there's good grass over here. And pretty soon, while the sheep is looking for a meal, it becomes a meal. He guides me. We must follow him. Many years ago, I was out on a long walk I called it a hike, but it was just a glorified walk. But I felt good like I was out hiking, you know. And I had my boots on, and I'd walked over towards the mission, and I was way out there in the Tules. And as I was coming back, I had this great idea that I would cross and traverse the dry Santa Inez River. And so I stepped into the dry Santa Ines River. Well, it wasn't that long before that they had let some water out of Kachuma and the water had come in and it was now gone and it was the dry. Did I tell you it was the dry Santa Ines River? So as I got out about 20, 30 yards, at about, oh, eight to 10 inches down where my boots had sunk, it wasn't dry at all. It was that muddy, suction mud. Have you ever been in the mud where you put your foot up and put it back down and all of a sudden the ground starts sucking your boots in? (laughs) I had no traction whatsoever. And I wasn't there that long, but it was easy for me to look up above and see the highway, the terra firma up there, the asphalt paved road. I should have walked that way, but I was so smart I was going to go the shorter distance between two points, which is a straight line, and I was in the mud, and now I'm fatigued and frustrated and mad at myself for not following a better course. Well, it took me quite some time to get home. My wife was wondering where I was, and there I was, so smart, at crossing the supposed dry Santa Ynez River only to find the mud and the slush, and I'm sure you all are so sympathetic with my story. Thank you for your kindness and compassion. But I thought about that as I prepared for this message this week, and as I shared it with our online audience at 8 o'clock this morning, I, I began to think about that story. And then I began to go back to the events of this week. How many people thought they were doing the right thing, or actually just Doing the wrong thing, getting stuck in the mud. And then I thought about my own self in this last year, and I prayed for for you and for those that are family and friends of LFC, that so many of us have been stuck in the mud this year. We thought it was the right way to think or the right way to, to believe or the right conspiracy to grab hold of, and we ended up fatigued and tired. You see, the Dark Valley is is truly one of the paths that God will sometimes take us through. But if God is taking us through it, then he will be with us. He'll lead us and guide us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I have a new resolve in my heart, I pray you will too, to say, Lord, I don't want to go my own way. I want to go your way. I don't want to be one that you weep over because... I'm harassed like sheep without a shepherd, but I want you to smile upon my life as I follow you the best I can. Sure, we're going to have pitfalls. Sure, we're going to veer to the right and to the left. Sure, we're going to get stuck in some of that mud. But to be able to say, God, as for me and my house, as for me and all that I influence, I'm going to go after the great shepherd, the good shepherd. I'm going to follow God and walk in his way. The absence of evil isn't our reason for hope. But the presence of God with us in the midst of evil, that's our reason for hope. Let me say it again. The absence of evil isn't our reason for hope, but the presence of God with us in the midst of evil, that's the reason for our hope. A God who never leaves us nor forsakes us. And I have this new confidence. I've only known the Lord since 1970, so I'm not an expert on walking with God. But here's what I know with a new confidence that God is with us and He is for us. And I want you to hear that today. Maybe just whisper in your own heart God is with me. God is for me. And that's not just, you know, hype, that's hope. God is with me. God is for me. I challenge you this week to just say that over and over again God, you are with me. God, you are for me. And why should we make it personal? Because the psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd, and He makes it personal. God is my shepherd, but I'll share him with you. God is my shepherd, and surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So before we pray, I just want to share three positions of our shepherd. As I read this psalm, I see him, number one, leading from the front. The Lord is my shepherd, and if he goes before us, he's able to then... Let us know what's about to come. Now, he doesn't always tell us everything, but here's what he does tell us. Hey, I'm leading you this way. Stay close to me. Don't you dare go for that tuft of grass over there. Don't you dare say that way shorter, shortest point between two lines, and end up in the mud. Don't you dare say, I'm going to go find my own meal and become a meal. The Lord is leading us from the front. We need to listen to his voice and follow him. The second thing we see is that God is walking alongside us. He leads us and guides us in paths for his name's sake. And even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because he's with us. He's walking alongside us. And the third thing is he's guiding us from behind. I love this. In front of us, next to us, and from behind. It's not just God saying, okay, here I am, come up. I'm not just God saying, here I am, go this way. It's God saying, no, 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 I'm leading you. Listen to my voice listen to my voice. If you don't know what I sound like, start reading the B-I-B-L-E because that's my word to you. And the second thing is, I'm not just leading from the front. I'm walking with you. I'm standing right next to you. Isn't that comforting? And the last one is, I'm guiding you from behind. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me, which simply means this. Let me paraphrase. God cleans up our messes behind us. If there's any residue back there, God's taking care of it. He's leading us. He's walking with us, and he's guiding us from behind. It's no coincidence that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd who shows up with the full extent of his love by laying down his life for the sheep. When he sees the crowds, he's moved with compassion. And when he sees you, he's moved with compassion. He knows what you're thinking. He knows your secrets. He knows your pain. He knows your sorrow. And He invites you to walk with Him. He invites you to be saved by Him. He invites you to be forgiven by Him. And then He invites you into His work that we labor in the harvest field and we let people know that Jesus Christ is the Savior and the Good Shepherd. People need to know that. So God, as we close this morning... We ask you to use us. And I I invite you just to ask him, just, Lord, use use me in the harvest field. Not just to hear a message or not just to know that you were moved with compassion as people were harassed. I want to be used by you. Give me boldness, Lord, that I would, would share my faith with others and not be ashamed of the gospel. And then, God, I pray for any who have drifted away from you, and whether they're here or online today, that, God, you'd help them come back to you. Lord, bring us back to you. You're calling us. May we follow after you. And, God, wherever we have bought into a world system, where we bought into the the thinking of men that is not in line with you, may we follow after you and be examples to the world around us that we follow the good shepherd and we walk with him. Lord, I praise you that you're here with us, that you walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death, that you lead us from the front, that you walk with us and that you guide us even from the back. What a great shepherd you are. And dear ones, I encourage you to spend some time this week with the Lord and reaffirm your commitment to Him that He is your shepherd. That He speaks into your soul. That He gets to guide you and lead you. And that He's the one that declares He'll give us a table of refreshing in the presence of what we're facing. And that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And dear God, use us each one of us, and collectively as Lompoc Foursquare Church use us to declare Jesus Christ the Savior, the Healer, the Baptizer with the Holy Spirit, and the soon-coming King. We love you, Lord, and we give you thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church.